It's like a mini parable. And of course, we all love the parables of the Lord. We love how they have a story. We love how they have a, a moral. And built into them is, is just such great wisdom. When you come to the Proverbs, you have the same in just a short few words. Someone described this, the difference between a video. That's a, par a parable is a video. You get a whole storyline, you know, like the prodigal son, the father, the family, the home, the son who goes off and he returns, the response of the brother. That's a video. But when you come to the Proverbs, you've got a, a still picture. It's like walking through a gallery, a picture gallery, and all you get is one picture. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale, British Columbia. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I trust that today the Lord will minister to your heart. We're commencing a new series here on the Proverbs, and today we introduce things with the power of a proverb, and no doubt written in encapsulated in the shortest sentences are the libraries of truth. That was a skill that Solomon was given in the wisdom that God had given him. And so I trust that we will learn from this and that God will use his word within your heart. We have a message again on uh, in song, If I Were an Artist by Alan McGill. Oh, if only we could depict the love of God for our souls. And then our final little word today on the program is cheap crosses. Oh, what, a tr what a, an enigma that is to be peddling cheap crosses. And, of course, there's no such thing. When the Lord saves us, we are to be bold and brazen and to pay the cost. Jesus said, He that will not take up his cross and follow him cannot be his disciple. And if you would be a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus, you must be willing to bear the cross. You must be willing to take up that uh, instrument of suffering and witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Maybe it means a gospel church, a place where God's people meet and they are despised in the community and you identify with them as the Lord's child, then you'll know what it is to bear the cross and that there are no cheap crosses. But firstly, we have our message on the Proverbs, the power of a proverb. All right, we're coming to this book of Proverbs. I, I feel the need to come to this book. Uh, Twelve years ago, I preached various aspects of this book. I'm going to draw from that, and I hope to uh, draw from many sources to try and help us to understand this book. Now, you may know that Solomon wrote 3,000 proverbs, words of wisdom, words of life experience, packed in just a sentence, and sometimes two sentences, but with a fullness and yet stated in a way that it can be remembered easily. 
That's the art of a proverb. It's like a mini parable. And of course, we all love the parables of the Lord. We love how they have a story. We love how they have a, a moral. And built into them is, is just such great wisdom. When you come to the Proverbs, you have the same in just a short few words. Someone described this, the difference between a video. That's a, par a parable is a video. You get a whole storyline, you know, like the prodigal son, the father, the family, the home, the son who goes off and he returns, the response of the brother. That's a video. But when you come to the Proverbs, you've got a, a still picture. It's like walking through a gallery, a picture gallery, and all you get is one picture, simple, to the point. And yet you can stand in a gallery and look at a picture and learn a great deal. That's what these proverbs are like. Did you ever say, I wish I could keep my children from making all the mistakes that I made? that they might not have to go through all the sorrows and the pain and the discoveries that I have. Did you ever ask, is there somehow I could get a book with all of life's lessons so that they, my children might be guided into the right decisions, the right paths, that they will truly make the most of their life for God and for their fellow men. You probably would give any money to buy it. You would say, well, it's worth $100 at least. Or if there's more charges, you will, maybe $200. Such a, a, a word of wisdom, a book of wisdom, would be invaluable if only we could stop making the same mistakes over and over and over. If you were to read the newspaper that were printed in 1917 and look at a newspaper of 2017, you would see that it's filled with the same issues. Domestic problems, crime, politicians and their pride and their ego, and all the national issues. What we've got to remember is that every time a baby is born, man's wisdom goes back to zero. Man's wisdom starts at the starting point. And it is the work of parents, and it is the work of us all, to instill and train our children. And that's the great task that we have. Now, the purpose of Proverbs is to collect and to meditate upon these pithy sayings that are filled with truth and wisdom, and yet something that we can remember when we need it, so that you don't have to read the encyclopedia to become wise. Now, in this first opening chapter of Proverbs, you have in verses 1 to 6 seven points of what a proverb does, the benefit of it, and how it works. And you will find here that 
A proverb is a teaching tool. It is a way by which we may instill into others, and hopefully ourselves, that we have that wisdom too, that we instill into others great truths in short sentences. So I want to just give you in verses 1 to 6, firstly, the purpose of a proverb as a teaching tool. You will see in verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction. It is to awaken. It is to bring us to awareness. And of course, you can't teach somebody who is asleep. You can't instruct someone who doesn't care. And so a proverb is to awaken awareness, to make skillful in the facts of life. What a great need to awaken people. You need to learn this, that you might understand life. Then the second thing is that it is to increase instruction. Verse 2, the second part, to perceive the words of understanding. Now, don't you pray, Lord, give me discernment. Make me perceptive. This word perceive was applied to Joseph. And do you remember how he was perceived or understood as a man of wisdom? that in every one of his decisions, he did the right thing in the right way with the right attitude. That's what Proverbs are intended to do, to instill into us the right instruction. And then in verse uh, uh, 2 again is to train us how to separate things that are right and things that are wrong. How we need that in this age of confusion, when there are no absolutes, whether it's in the political world, there's confusion. In education, we have humanism. We have a, a system that says, well, there is no right. There is no wrong. There is no moral absolute. Everybody can do what is right in their own eyes. Well, the purpose of a proverb is to train us to separate the difference between things that are right and things that are wrong. And if you want to be that kind of person, then the book of Proverbs is for you. Yes, I am a salesman today for the book of Proverbs. I want you to get it. I want you to take these Proverbs and live on them that you might be blessed, that you might be given wisdom to be instructed between what's wrong, what's right, what's good for you, what's wrong for you, and the things that will please God. Number three, sorry, number four, verse three, you will see here that a proverb is to transmit the art or the ability to form right convictions, to make right decisions for fair dealings with men, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment 
and equity. That's the purpose of a proverb. That's what it's intended to do. It's intended to work this in your life. Then as we move to verse 4, you will see that it is to give smart thinking. I can't think of a better way to put it. It says to give subtlety to the simple. There are many people who are not very smart when it comes to being streetwise. I'm not talking about intelligence. I'm not talking about IQ or passing an exam. There are many people who are highly intelligent, but not very smart. They make dumb decisions. They seem to always do the wrong thing and do it the wrong way. The book of Proverbs is intended to give subtlety. Now, subtlety there is not a bad thing. It's not a crafty thing. It is rather a smart thing. It's to do the wise thing at the right time and to give you skill so that you come up with the right plan, the right mode of putting things into action. After all, there are so many times in our lives when we come up with an idea and we go down that path, and the further we go along that path, we learn, boy, this is not a good idea. This is not a good thing. And you either have to be strong-willed and press on to your own shame, or you have to reverse and come back out of that path and get onto the right course. And the pain of that, the, the darkness of that path, the sorrow it brings perhaps along the way, well, you have to repent of it and change your way. The book of Proverbs is intended, as we see here, to give subtlety to the simple, to make us smart, to make us wise in the course of action that we take. And then in verse 5, you will see the next purpose of a proverb, and that is to make us listen up, to help us to listen. A wise man will hear. Oh, if only we had known that when we were teenagers. If only we had been listening to our parents and to those who sought to guide us in a right way, but we wouldn't listen. The mark of a fool is that he won't listen. Doesn't matter what instruction, doesn't matter what guidance you try to give, they just won't listen. But a person who will take the proverb, who will listen, Look what happens. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be a man, a woman of wisdom? Is that not our constant prayer? It is mine. Now, I don't claim to be infallible. I don't claim to always make the right decisions. In fact, I can only say these things I'm saying today because I know the pain of wrong decisions. I know the trouble that it brings when we do and say the wrong things. And we constantly pray, Lord, give us wisdom. Keep us from making the wrong decision. Guide our feet. Make sure we know how to do the right thing. And we need to learn to listen. And the, another proverb is that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. 
And one thing the godly, wise person learns, it's the right thing to listen to others, especially those who have walked that path. And if it's an older person with experience who have gone in that direction and they know all about it, we would be fools not even to ask them or seek that counsel. And so, this is to instill within us the ability to listen up that we might be even wiser. And then the last one, verse 6, the last purpose of a proverb is to grasp the ways in real life. Did you ever meet someone who was bookish? They were great readers, great students, but when it came to the practical application in life, didn't have a clue. Well, this verse 6, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. When you get into the real world, you will find that everything is not black and white. When you get into the real world, there are decisions you have to make, and there seems to be a gray area. There are dark things, and you don't know how to handle it. Well, the book of Proverbs is our guide. It is to be our help. And this collection of Proverbs, and there are 915 in this book of Proverbs. It says Solomon made 3,000, but someone counted that there are 915 in this book of Proverbs. And so we have almost 1,000 Proverbs to guide us. And if we give good heed to the wisdom that is within these Proverbs, they will be a great teacher and a great guide to us that we will have that practical, godly common sense. You know what common sense is? Did someone ever tell you to go and do something and they, well, how do I do this? Just use your common sense. And so you went to it and Common sense is not all that common. There are many people who uh, just make a mess of it, when to the others, well, that's just self-evident. And we need help. We need help. That's the first act of wisdom. We need help. We need guidance. When you think of all the problems that there are in society, the number of divorces that there are in marriages, the number of family relations that go sour, the number of people in jail, the number of people who uh, need correction in so many things, the troubles at workplace and work relations, uh, employees that don't want to listen to their employer, employers that just blow their lid because they can't handle people. We live in a complex world, and we need help. And God in this book of Proverbs has given us help, help for our hearts, help for our homes, help certainly to live a godly life. And we're going to come today to the very first proverb, the number one proverb, which is in verse 7. And it says here that the fear 
of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, I said earlier that when a child is born, we all go back to zero. It's like turning all the, the, the knobs to zero when a child is born. Children in homes still get scalded from hot water. They still fall out of windows. I can't remember many reports we had last summer in, in, you know, in the heat of the weather when windows are open and children fall to their hurt, sometimes to their death. Children still drink poison, might be under the kitchen sink or somewhere that it's too accessible. They contract food poisoning by chicken that's left out in the sun for lunch, and it gives them food poisoning. And children still fall into shallow swimming pools. And all of these emergencies just keep happening generation after generation. And so Solomon, he gives us these proverbs that we might be kept from all the pitfalls and all the ways that do us harm. And the first one that he gives, really the first word of advice, and this is foundational, by the way. It's not only the first in, 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 in order, but it is top priority. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, how do you define the fear of the Lord? Well, firstly, it's to acknowledge that God exists, that God is. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. So if that's the fool, the person who denies that God even exists, the wise person has the fear of the Lord. And we acknowledge that God rules over all of our lives. Then also it is to drink out of this fountain of godliness. That's the fear of the Lord. You don't want to make a decision without prayer. You don't want to do something in your own carnal thinking because you know your own inclination might be all wrong. And you grow in the fear of the Lord, and you ask Him to guide you and to keep you from those very pitfalls. My heart is stirred whenever I think of Jesus, that blessed name which sets the captive free. The only name through which I find salvation. No name on earth has meant so much to me. I've learned to know a name I highly treasure Oh, how it thrills my spirit through and through 
precious name beyond degree or measure a wondrous name of him so kind and true my heart is stirred whenever i think of jesus that blessed name which sets the captive free the only name through which i find salvation no name on earth has meant so much to me that name brings gladness to a soul in sorrow it makes life shadows and its clouds depart brings strength in weakness for today tomorrow you're listening to let the bible speak this is ian gallaher with another opportunity to bring the message of god's word to you today and i trust that the message has already been written on your heart the power of a proverb. I want to also speak to you here on cheap crosses. Here in the Gospel Herald, it is written that during my first year in college, a missionary came one night to address the students in the Foreign Missions Fellowship. He testified that as he preached the gospel upon the streets of Mexico, never a day passed that he was not stoned. He told how that upon the religious feast days and festivals, Peddlers would go out about the streets selling crucifixes and miniature crosses, and as they passed up and down the city streets, their cry would be, Cheap cross! Cheap cross! Who'll buy a cheap cross? With a voice of searching conviction, he asked, Is your cross a cheap cross? Is the cross we bear for the sake of our Lord a cheap cross? Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. There is no such thing as a cheap cross for a Christian. We have been bought at an infinite price by the blood of Jesus. And now, as we are called to be witnesses for him, we must be willing to bear the cross, the shame of it, and the scorn, and whatever the price may be, that we might be witnesses, good Christian martyrs, bearing witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that today that you will give your heart and your soul to the service of Christ. There is no greater surrender, and it leads to no greater joy. And I want that joy to be yours. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and you are listening to Let the Bible Speak. I hope you've been blessed today through the ministry of God's Word. I'd also be delighted to talk with you. My personal phone number is 604-897-2040. Please call to let me know that you're listening, and we can open the Bible and pray together. 
For all the information about our radio ministry in Canada and our churches in Buffalo, Scarborough, Port Hope, and Barrie, please go to ltbs.ca. If you have been blessed today, please kindly consider helping us to cover the cost of airtime. Your gift, large or small, will make the difference. You can donate online at ltbs.ca or by mail. Our mailing address is LTBS 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S 1M6. My phone number again is 604-897-2040. And remember to join us again at this time next week on this station as we let the Bible speak.